welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dave Dubo. Uh, Dave is, uh, has been an entrepreneur since 1993. That seems like such a long time ago. And uh, he's been a real estate investor since 2001. Uh, he has done so many deals ranging from the creative no money down transactions, rent to owns, and uh, recently more multifamily kind of uh, properties and investment. He's an author of seven books. Uh, and uh, he's been uh, he's been teaching people, training people. He's also shared the stage with Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad Poor Dad, obviously, and uh, and also some of the guys from Shark Tank, like Robert Herjavac. Herj- I don't know how to pronounce his name, Herjavac. and then uh, George Froman and others. So it's great it's great to have you uh, here, Dave. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's a pleasure. So yeah, so you've been you've been pretty busy. Uh, what brought you into this? Uh, so you were an entrepreneur, but then after when in two thousand and one, you kind of like you focused more on the real estate. Yeah. Um, maybe you can kind of like tell us a little bit about kind of like your journey, your journey before as an entrepreneur, and why you decided to kind of like consolidate or focus on on real estate. Yeah. So I'm a from a we're both from small towns in Canada. <laughs> from a, I don't know how small your town was, Eric, but mine oh had eight hundred people in it. Okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> mine was like twenty five thousand people. Well, that's that's a big city where I come from, man. So, <laughs> in you British Columbia, hospital. Yeah, there you there you go. And so I I grew up there, went to university at UBC, mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of fun in university. Did not get very good very good grades. Graduated with a BA in psychology back in 1990. Do you know what BA stands for? I'm afraid to ask. I'll have to bleep, beep you. <laughs> yeah, basically asinine degree in psychology. That's what it was. So with my grade oh, wow. point average and yeah. a Bachelor of Arts, <laughs> nobody was pounding down my doors with great job offers. So yeah. I decided to go see a bit of the world. So I started traveling uh, through Mexico and Central America, learned Spanish, ended up down in a little place called San Jose, Costa Rica. And I fell in love with the country, fell in love with the people, I fell in love with one specific person and decided, you know what? Hey, I think I was 23, 24 years old, had about a thousand bucks burning a hole in my pocket, uh, was clueless, had no business background. I said, why don't I start a business in Costa Rica. How tough can it be? <laughs> so Eric, I was a I was a Canadian wetback working uh-huh. illegally in Latin America. Isn't that kind of poetic? Wow. That, Justice yeah, is, that is. That's yeah. right. How did so they I treat started, you over there? Yeah, I started a language training company. Oh nice. So we would we would teach English to corporations, uh, send teachers out to, to give classes at places like uh, Pfizer and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bear and uh, Intel and, and different transnational, international companies yeah, like yeah. that. So got married, had kids, had a pretty good lifestyle down there, had a good good business, lived there for 10 years. And wow. then in 2003, my wife, my now my ex-wife and I decided, hey, let's pack everything up. Let's pack the kids up. My daughter, Amy, was getting towards school age and let's move to Canada. Now, my wife was Costa Rican. She wasn't from Canada originally. And uh, people always go, especially Canadians, Dave, what were you thinking, man? There you were living in tropical paradise, living a good life because, you know, down there, it's fairly easy to have, you know, even with a a middle-class lifestyle, you can have live-in maids and gardeners and gated communities, all this kind of stuff. 
Why would you move from that back to the frozen hinterlands of Canada? And I always say, well, you don't quite realize how good we've got it in North America until you leave for a while, until you live somewhere else for a while. So as wonderful as Costa Rica is and was, being a pasty-faced white person, uh, whether you have money or not, if you're living in Latin America, people assume that you do. There's a bit of a target on your back and on your family, right? So things like getting kidnapped and held for ransom don't happen very often, but they do happen. In fact, I know two people that got kidnapped um, oh, wow. down there. So it, it and Costa Rica is pretty darn safe. So mm -hmm. uh, where I live in, in Canada, which is a small city called Kamloops, never happens. Never have to worry about yeah. that. So uh, we decided to transplant ourselves, move back to Canada. But then I had to start all over again, Eric. I hadn't been mm -hmm. able to sell my business in Costa Rica. Um, I've been out of the country so long. I didn't have bad credit. I had no credit. Yeah. I had been self-employed for a long time. And with a basically asinine degree in psychology, I wasn't really employable Yeah, uh, unless it was McDonald's <laughs> or something like that. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. Plus my uh, now ex-wife was kind of persnickety. So we went from living a pretty good lifestyle to living in a crappy rental townhouse on the wrong side of the tracks. Wow. So I was under a lot of pressure to figure out what I was going to do. And I don't know about you. Do you remember these, those late night infomercials? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. That's right. I saw one of those. I said, perfect. That's what I got. Little, little or no money. <laughs> no Closer to no money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So just like you did back in the day, Eric, and you know, you got into creative stuff. Mind you, you were way smarter. You got into a big deal creatively. I took this course and I think at the time it was a bunch of binders and maybe a VHS cassette or two and all that kind of stuff. And it showed me uh, how to find motivated sellers of single family homes. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to work there and I, in the small city that I live in, I managed to do 18 deals in 18 months, creative wow. with very low money, no money. It sounds impressive. None of them were eight <laughs> flexes, all right? None of them were eight unit apartment yeah, yeah. We had a couple of nice, houses, but we had a whole bunch of crappy little mobile homes and, and things like that as well. But I got good at finding motivated sellers and doing creative type deals and that sort of thing. So that was my first foray into real estate investing. And uh, you would during, wholesale these deals or you would? Uh... Some of my wholesale, some of them yeah. I do. Uh, I do sandwich leases on others were basically options. Others were, you know, buying a Believe it or not, buying a property for a dollar and then turning around, you know, so there's all sorts yeah, of wow. different. So basically all the yeah. stuff, yeah. all the stuff the American guru was was telling me to do, I figured out a way to do in Canada. And Canada, it's, yeah. It's all pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. Slightly different language, that's all. Um, but that was so it was okay. Uh, it was, it was, it was good experience. And during that time, I kind of caught the eye and, and connected with an up-and-coming Canadian real estate guru, kind of the Canadian version of Robert Kiyosaki at the time. In fact, this guy worked very closely with Robert Kiyosaki and, and that sort of thing. So uh -huh. he saw what I was doing with real estate. He, he saw what I, I had a background in marketing. I was pretty good at marketing. So I started working with him, took some time off from real estate investing, helped him blow up his company and grow it very quickly. And, and that's when I started teaching and training and co-authoring a few books and stuff like that. Uh -huh. I took some time off from active investing and, and then jumped back in in 2010. Yeah. And started doing a different strategy that actually involved coming up with some cash 
for down payments, right? So that was new to me, this whole money yeah. thing, actually yeah. using using money for deals. And by that time, I had a decent income and I had some good credit. So I was able to self-finance my first couple of deals. And I'd always heard, just find a good deal and the money will find you. Have you ever heard that expression? Oh, yeah. All the yeah. time. Yeah. So I self-financed my first couple, ran out of cash, ran out of credit. And of course, that's when a perfect deal landed in my lap. The only thing I was missing at the time was about $80,000 for a down payment. But I'd heard, hey, find the deal, the money will find you. But I knew I had to do something. So I'd also heard, hey, if you need to raise money, pick up the phone. Let's see if you can fill in the blanks here, Eric. Pick up the phone and dial for Dollar. dollars. Yes. All right. So I'd never done that. Didn't sound like much fun, but I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. I think around that time, the Wolf of Wall Street came out in the movie. It looked like fun. Uh, you know, getting up. Yeah. So I tried it. Called somebody up. No, thanks, Dave. Called somebody else up. Rejected, 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 rejected. Eric, I have a fragile ego. My poor <laughs> fragile ego cannot handle that much rejection. So I, I did about a dozen of those calls, got turned down, said, screw this. I hate cold calling. Yeah. Uh, so they also heard, hey, if you need to raise money, turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. Have you heard that advice before? No, I didn't. No. Well, don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like it naturally turns into that. Or yeah, well, some, I mean, it's some, okay if it's some natural, investment. But if, if you're doing a, an elevator pitch or a 30 oh, second yeah, yeah, commercial yeah. or the yeah. networky thing. Yeah. It's really just weird. And it was for me, it was just weird. And I went to the local BNI, Chamber of Commerce, Toastmaster, yeah. wherever they'd let me in the door, schmoozed up a storm and raised zero capital. Yeah. And the reason was, you know, 2020 hindsight is because I was desperate. And that desperation was oozing out of every pore in my body. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so by this time, you know, it was a single family home. So you only have like, 10 days to remove subjects on, on a deal. It wasn't that hot of a market, but even so, you know, you didn't have all the time in the world. So I had to get a one week extension. And that's when I came up with a brilliant idea, Eric. I said, I said to myself, Dave, this is such a good deal. If enough people see it, it's going to sell itself. <laughs> so I put together a little PDF and I put together a, a list of a couple of hundred people that I knew and I spammed them all the deal by email. Yeah. That was the first thing that showed any signs of life. I started getting some replies back. And I went, oh, yeah. thank goodness, because I was running out of time. <laughs> thank goodness. I was so happy until I started reading the replies. And Eric, basically, they all said, hey, Dave, dude, I haven't heard from you in forever. And here you are, hit me up for cash for a deal. Take a hike. <laughs> oh, we'll edit that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. This is P that was pretty PG. PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so bottom line, Eric, um, this yeah. was a, the, the deal I was doing was what's called a, a client first rent to own deal. So basically, I'd found a, a tenant buyer. They'd paid me $10,000. I'd gone yeah. out and got looked at a few different houses with them, uh, got one they liked under contract. And so I was, that, that's where I was at. Mm -hmm. So bottom yeah. line, I had to collapse that deal. I ticked off my tenant buyer big time, had to give them their 10 grand back, obviously. Ticked off the seller because I tied up their property for almost three weeks. Ticked yeah. off the realtor big time. Ticked off, just major yeah. egg on my face in a pretty yeah. small town. And after the smoke cleared and I licked my wounds, I said, you know what? That sucked. <laughs> There's got to be a better way 
yeah. to raise money than chasing after it. So I decided, hey, why don't I apply a little bit about what I know about marketing to this whole raising capital thing? So I did. I came up with what I call my five-step money partner formula. It worked yeah. really well for me for single-family homes. And I, I transitioned into multifamily, worked really well for that. I had people starting to ask me about it. So I started working with clients and teaching people about it. And uh, at this point, our, our clients and our students cumulatively have raised well over $300 million for their deals wow. following this process. So it, yeah. it works pretty well. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. I mean, yeah, it, in this essence, it's true. I mean, if you have a good deal, yeah, you, you should be able to find an investor that's going to invest with it. But there's a couple of things, though. You have yeah. to have kind of like, as you mentioned, right, you kind of have to have the relationship already in place that's based on something else than asking for money. Yeah. And you have to know how to communicate the deal, you know, to, to that audience. And uh, yeah, you have to build a network first. You have to kind of like say, Hey, you know, this, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm looking at real estate deals and stuff like that. And do you know, and really ask for help in terms of, Hey, do you know anybody that might have this? Or do you know anybody that have this and, uh, and really build a relationship on something else uh, before actually showing a deal to somebody and they say, Oh, you know, this is, uh, you should invest, give me your money. And they say, well, well, why, you, why didn't you tell me this, you know, all those years? <laughs> I ago. didn't know right. you, Dave. If you, would have, <laughs> if you would have called earlier, I would have helped you. I would have asked my mentor at the time. And there say, you hey. go. There you go. So, <laughs> but that's true. So, People, so I changed kind yeah. of my philosophy. I, I decided, you know what? In, why don't I figure out a way to get investors lined up first? Yeah, exactly. And then go find the deals. Cause then you can, yeah. you can go in with confidence. You go, go in with security. You can go in with your mojo because you know, you've got the cash yeah. to back you up. Yeah. 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 And in your book, uh, the money partner formula, I think this, this is great. I mean, this is what you're teaching uh, people. The reader is kind of like how to build that network first. And you go into, you know, great details and great tips on, on kind of on, on building that network and building that relationship. And you had like the five, five steps for building, building that. Uh, there we go. Oh yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> five step money partner formula. There we go. So there why don't you go. walk us through these steps? Step one. Sure. 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 So we'll go through this, you know, big picture. And then if, yeah, if yeah. folks want to copy the book, we'll get that to them as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, Step number one, Eric, is let's create a target group of prospective investors that we can focus on. Because a lot of people, when they start raising capital, they think anybody with a pulse and a checkbook could make a good investor. And they start, you know, doing dumb stuff like I did back in the day and just talking to everybody and anybody. And these days, putting stuff all over social media, Facebook, and all, the, all this kind of stuff. And if you're trying to raise money from strangers, it's a tough road to, yep. to go down, right? Because yep. in order for somebody to invest 50, 75, 100 grand with you, chances are they're going to need to know you and like you and trust you with their money. Going mm -hmm. out to strangers, they don't know you, they don't like you, and they certainly do not trust you with their money. So you're starting from scratch. Second big challenge is this pesky little thing that you guys in the States have called the Securities and Exchange Commission. We got our own version up here in Canada. And basically, both of them say it's illegal for us as mom and pop investors to raise capital from the general public unless you're licensed to do so or unless you set up a certain corporate structure, get an offering memorandum or exemptions and all this kind of stuff, which tends to be very expensive and it's usually for much bigger deals. Does that make yeah. sense? So, so yeah. we're actually 
you know, and, and caveat here, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a securities mm-hmm. expert, I'm just sharing my understanding, right? So, yeah, and here in the US, you can, you can raise money from people that you have a really a prior existing exactly. relationship with. So that's what we're getting. But you cannot go and advertise and say, hey, exactly. send me your money and invest with that. Yeah. So instead that's of true. going after strangers, <clears throat> let's focus on those people that we do have that pre-existing relationship with, right? Yeah. It just makes sense. Friends, family members, coworkers, business associates, people you know yeah. from church or civic organization, whatever. You know them, they know you, you've got a legitimate pre-existing relationship. So uh, what I suggest you do is come up with a list of about 200 of these people, and then let's focus all of our attention on those folks. Does that make mm-hmm. sense, Eric? Yep. Now, people are saying, I don't know 200 people, Dave. Yeah. Me, uh, Here's, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to suggest have, you probably do. I have no friends. <laughs> I think you probably do, Eric. What you Or your wife does, anyhow. So what you do, <laughs> you, you take your cell phone, you export all your contacts from your cell phone, get them into an Excel spreadsheet. Export all your contacts from your email contacts, get them into that Excel spreadsheet. Jump into your TikTok, export all of your contacts from your your TikTok contacts, your Facebook contacts, whatever you're using for social media, get them out of there, get them all into a spreadsheet. And then chances are you're going to have several thousand people in there, but you don't have a, a real connection with all of those people. So quickly whittle down through it. And really you can do this very quickly and whittle it down to a couple of hundred people. That's much easier than thinking up 200 people. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's, let's create that list. Second part is let's reconnect with these folks before we start talking business, right? Because my big mistake back in the day, I was smart that I created that list of a couple hundred people. I was stupid because I spammed them all with my deal right off the get-go. So here's what we do instead. You break the ice with them first. You do what, what's called a, a warm-up campaign. And the good thing is you can automate this. You can do it by email. You can set everything up in a CRM or an email autoresponder. And then just you know reconnect with these folks on more of a personal level first and set the stage for starting to talk about your real estate deals. So that's step number one of this five-step process. Does that make sense, Eric? Oh, that makes absolute sense. I think the part of the uh, the thing too with that is that people don't realize sometimes that they have a broader network than they imagined. Exactly. And uh, it in the end, it's it's all about the people. I mean, we talk a lot about buildings and numbers and stuff like that, but all these things happen because of people, because of relationship, and that's what you have. That is going to be is going to take you through everything. You'll be able to, you can do real estate, but then you go and do some other business, you open a restaurant or whatever that follows you around. And it's a, and, and this is what happened to us too. Like we had, uh, you know, we had done different businesses, gourmet sauce company and all of that. And then people were always curious, what are the Martels doing now? And yeah. then, you know, and that's, that's how they said, Hey, I want to invest with you. I want to do that. So well, at the end of the day, Eric, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think Somebody much smarter than me said this originally that, you know, the people aren't really investing in the building or the mm-hmm. business That's or right. whatever it is, what they're investing in is you yeah. and whatever the investment is, is really just the collateral for that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. You're yep. right. You're, it's all about the relationship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's step number one. Step number two is now we got to be ready when somebody puts up their hand and says, Hey, Eric, tell me about your real estate deal. We don't want to get caught like a deer in the headlight going, oh, crap, now what? Right. So, <laughs> so 
couple of important things here, Eric, really important. Number one, I think that the best way these days to explain your real estate deal is with a nice, simple, well laid out slideshow presentation, like mm -hmm. a PowerPoint or a keynote or a Google Slides, whatever it is, right? Something that you can walk people through that A, is visually interesting for them, keeps them engaged, B, is simple to understand, and C, keeps you on track so you don't go off on too much of a tangent, right? Because here's the reality. And I say this with love and respect for you and for your followers. And here it is. We are real estate weirdos. <laughs> right? And I, I say that with love and respect. I am too, right? Because I don't know if you've ever had the experience of talking with a non-real estate person about real estate stuff. And if you start getting, especially if you get into jargon like uh, IRRs and NOIs and cap rates and this kind of stuff, their eyes kind of glaze over, they zone yep. out, they're kind of gone. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. So we got to remember that. We're the real estate weirdos. They're not. So we got to keep it pretty simple for them. We got to keep mm -hmm. it Reader's Digest level, right? So yep. some of us with gray hair remember Reader's Digest. It was a little magazine written for grown-ups, but it was written at a 13-year-old reading level, mm -hmm. right? Just to keep it easy to consume. Same idea yep. with your presentation. So that's yep. step number two. Create what we call your million-dollar investor presentation or slide deck presentation. Practice it up a few times. Get some practice runs on your belt. Be ready to go with that. Step number for three. Our, for right, a single-family rental, we actually had like just a nice like one-pager picture of the property, description of the property, what we're planning to do with it, just mm -hmm. one paragraph, and then the numbers, what the money would be used for, and what the uh, what the return would be, mm -hmm. and then that was that simple. Yeah. And we don't guarantee anything. No, don't <laughs> yeah. guarantee anything. No guarantees, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the one pager was great because it was something that, you know, we would send that through email and it was very quick. For the big projects like the apartment buildings that we did, the apartment projects that we did the slide deck for that to show everything. Yeah, even for single more. family homes, uh, a few slides kind of, I find kind of help because, you know, especially depending on what you're doing with the property, I'm aware of yeah. up to eight different profit centers in a real estate deal. Mm -hmm. so the average person doesn't understand that, but if you can explain that to them in a, yeah. in a simple manner, it really makes yeah. their eyes light up and, and gets them excited. So yeah, yeah, it's just different strokes for different folks. Dep it depends on the investment, obviously, but I was just saying right. for, for us, like it, it was just a single page and it was pretty simple. Yeah. If the deal is more complex, yeah, you can't do it on a single page. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's step number two, have that million dollar investor presentation ready to go. Uh, step number three is to kick things into gear with marketing, right? So Eric, you're an entrepreneur. You understand the importance of sales and marketing for every business. And as real estate entrepreneurs, we need to be in the marketing business as well, especially when it comes to finding deals and finding capital for those deals. So mm -hmm. marketing, all sorts of different things. Uh, having a, an investor focused website is a good start. Uh, doing different things like electronic newsletters, video logs, blog posts, etc. I recommend that you do your best to touch base or to drip edutaining content on your investor list up to once a week. That's that's kind of what we're yeah. shooting for, right? Once yeah. a week. And I said edutaining communication, mm -hmm. right? Because remember, they are not real estate weirdos like us. They don't want to be overwhelmed with too much information. They don't want to learn every darn thing we've ever Oops. learned. 
they want to know that we that. know our stuff and they want to have the gist of it. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? So oh, yeah. edutaining communication with a clear call to action at the end of each thing. So again, people say, well, Dave, how are you getting investors reaching out to you, booking meetings with you, texting you, emailing you? Because I tell them to. I'm very, very mm. explicit. Hey, if you'd like to find out more, click here. Let's book a call. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Does that make sense? So drip, yeah. drip, drip. Every single week, something's coming out. So that's step number three is, is create that marketing. And uh, webinars are great for marketing as well. Really, really good. Step number four is be seen as a real estate authority. Now, here's the good news. You don't have to have a best-selling book like Eric. You don't have to have podcasts. You don't have to be the, have the next purple book like Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, there's some simple ways that you can do this because, again, remember, we only really need to focus on being seen as an expert in the eyes of those 200 people that we've got on our yeah. list, right? Yeah. So different ways to do this, have sharp looking materials, make sure your website looks good, make sure you've got good looking business cards. If you're doing the slide deck, make sure it looks professional. Those are, you know, some basic things. Uh, some suggestions, when you're talking with people about investing with you, I recommend that you dress up a little bit. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a three-piece suit, but dress business casual. It's yeah. going to show the other person respect. It's going to get you some respect from them as well, right? Yeah. Uh, speak knowledgeably about your primary real estate investing strategy and your primary market and why these are so great. Uh, take a position of leadership when it comes to real estate investing with all of your communication with these folks. So again, mm -hmm. we want to beat the drum about why real estate, why real estate rocks and everything else sucks. That's pretty yeah. much what we're trying to do. Compare and yeah. contrast. Real estate is so much better than investing than putting your money in the bank. Here's why. All right. Ding, mm -hmm. ding, 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 ding. So yeah. Compare and contrast. So those are. And I think the, to be a, an, an expert in an area, the, the more focused you are in an area, in a type of investment and stuff like that, the easier it is for you to be an expert and share that. And you don't, you don't have to be an expert at everything. You say, well, I don't know about mobile home parks. Uh, if you want to do that, like, you can talk to somebody else. This is what I specialize in. You know, if you want me to, if you're interested in this kind of deal, this is the kind of return. And I've, I've looked at this for the last X years. I know what the numbers are. I know what it should be. And I've done all my analysis. And this is why I'm so excited about these opportunities. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that that's all you can ever do or you can only focus yeah, that's on right. one market. That's right. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to recommend is exactly what you said there, Eric. You want to be seen as a specialist, mm -hmm. Right. So all of your marketing, your website, everything that you're doing should be talking about one specific strategy and ideally one specific market. And then the goal of all this marketing, the goal of everything is to get the investor meetings booked, have conversations with people <clears throat> and get your investor ducks in a row. So you've got those investors lined up, you've got the capital ready. So when you've got a deal, instead of having to scramble for that capital, now you can just go and say, hey guys, I've got this available. First come, first serve, right? That's mm -hmm. the kind of position that we want to be in. And then here's the good news. Let's say you've got a, a different kind of a deal, kind of a one-off deal. Well, then it's, it's very easy to go to that small group and say, hey, you guys, I've got a deal here. It's not our normal kind of a deal, but I think you might be interested in it. Would you like to take a look? And then you just do a very simple little yeah. presentation about, you know, say it's say you normally do single family middle. homes. Now you've got a small multifamily. Well, now you talk about that specifically. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it works. I mean, this is, you want to be kind of the expert. You want to show that you, 
and you want to show that you're gonna you uh, there might like you mentioned earlier you're investing in that person uh, so you want to know that they're gonna take care of it they're gonna they're they're grateful for the investment you're gonna put in place mm -hmm. and the more knowledgeable you are about the opportunity and how to deliver and execute on the project the better they're gonna feel about it they say oh you know I don't have I think you're great I think that's that's a good way to start. I mean, my uh, my both my kids were, you know, they they raised money uh, on deals and stuff like that, and they were I think they they both started like at eighteen years old or nineteen years old for to raise their raise some money. Nice. Imagine eighteen year old uh, raising money from one of them. Uh, my my son in Memphis raised money from uh, a guy. I think he was a dentist or something like that, and uh, you know, and. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's we got one of our clients, one of our clients in Ontario, they had a, uh, well, they have a teenage son. In fact, he was 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. But ever since he was 13, when they first started investing, he was very involved with them. And by the time he was 15, watching what they were doing, he went out and raised enough capital to buy his own five plex before he even had his driver's license. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, that's, a, that's very impressive. But yeah, I mean, this is this is possible, and uh, and now with the social media and stuff like that, I mean, you can just be careful what you put out there. Make sure that you are professional and you are you know what you're saying. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of different channels where you can really share your experience uh, and record video and publish it on different Facebook Facebook groups and all of that, and Instagram and don't forget. Yeah, you got to be very very careful with that though, Eric. And again, that's I think social media is great for kind of casting the net yes. to create new connections, right? Yes. So when you want to, if you're going to do that, you want to really be educational. You really want to be showing people what you're doing. Mm. You know, doing walkthroughs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. properties you're looking at, but don't be explicitly that's soliciting right, right. investors that way. Yeah, no, Start that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that's right. And I think your step, yeah, that's right. Your book is more about really focused on that, these uh, these 200 uh, connections that laser you have and really laser focused. And what we that's find right. is typically most of our clients we work with, they have between one and $2 million of capital within that group that mm -hmm. they can access first. And for a lot of people, that that's that's more than enough to keep them rolling exactly. for the first couple of years. And then through referrals and testimonials and warm introductions, they're able to grow their, their investor base that way. Exactly. And then the next step is kind of like the last step, I think, I don't know if you talked about that, but you kind of hinted at it. It's kind of like that snowball effect. So you have these right. groups, you have people that are investing, and now, you know, how do you get that snowball effect to Well, you know, I'm sure you've seen this in your own business, Eric, or different businesses. Once you've got a couple of happy investors on board, it's easier to get more of them because now you've got proof of concept. Now you got to, mm -hmm. you know, you do things right. You've got raving fans. Yeah. So it's, it's simple. You just ask for introductions and you get uh, testimonials, ideally yeah. video testimonials. Video testimonials are fantastic. And you want to get warm introductions from these folks to their friends and their family members because they tend to hang out. They tend to know other people with money. Oh, this is very good. This is very good advice. And this is, it's absolutely true. I mean, you build your network, you really cater to your network and let them know what's what's going on. And then in the side, you kind of find a deal. Then you can bring the deal to, to the table when they are ready to listen. Uh, yeah. There's no point in talking to people who are not, who are not ready. <laughs> so uh, um, 
so any other advice then um, for the uh, for the people out there? I know that this this works. Uh, you you have seen some very creative, and you've done yourself some very creative deals. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so what are some of these uh, kind of like these these venues or these ways to kind of like I don't have much money, I want to get this project. What is the easiest project that somebody can get into? And then, so they have the little network maybe of 200 individuals that maybe he can raise some money, they can raise some money from. But mm. what's the so easiest- So you're talking about stuff? somebody starting from scratch? Exactly. So they yeah, have their network. I won't blow smoke up anybody's skirt and say, hey, it's super <laughs> easy to raise money if you don't have a track record. It's not. Is yeah. it possible? It, yeah, it's possible. It's, yeah. it's just not very easy. So what I always recommend to people who are just getting started mm-hmm. is- if at all possible, finance your first deal yourself. So use your mm-hmm. own money or your own home equity or whatever it is for the down payment to do that deal and get some experience with some skin in the game, right? Because mm-hmm. then you can go and you can talk to investors. And if the question comes up, well, Dave, why aren't you using your own money for this deal? Well, guess what? I would, except I've got my money already placed in another deal. That's mm-hmm. why I'm making this available to investor partners. So self-finance your first deal if you can. If you can't do that, uh, or if you don't have enough money to completely do that, then you can you know, potentially partner up with somebody else and perhaps be a joint venture partner for them. So find somebody mm-hmm. who's actively doing what you want to be doing, partner up with them. You put in some capital. And in yep. addition to getting some equity in the deal, you say, hey, I want to I want to pay to play and also to learn. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to just be a passive investor in the deal. You're going to actively be involved in that deal, learning as much as you can from the person that's doing it. So that's another piece of advice there. If um, if that doesn't work for you, if you don't have any money there, you could work for free. So again, find somebody that's doing what you want to do, offer to work for free for them in exchange for a little tiny sliver of equity in a deal and bring value, mm-hmm. however that looks. If you're a handy kind of person, go swing the hammer or push the wheelbarrow, whatever that is involved there. If you're more of a marketing type person, help them with marketing or go find deals for whatever it is, whatever value yeah. you can bring to the table, do that. And again, in exchange for experience and learning and the legitimacy of being able to say to investors down the road, hey, yes, I've got experience. Here's a deal that I've been involved in. You don't say it's your deal. Yeah. You say it's a deal I'm, I'm a partner in, and you can legitimately say that. So you get mm-hmm. some experience that way. Um, if you can't do that, then maybe for your first deal, if you are able to bring an investor on board, maybe it's a, a close friend or a family member, I would recommend that you be extra generous with that person, right? So if they're putting in all the money and they're taking a kind of a, a leap of faith with you because you don't have much of a track record, then give them the lion's share of the profits, yeah. right? You're going to do all the work. They're going to put in them all the money. But instead of maybe doing a 50-50 split on a single family home, for example, maybe you skew it much more in their favor. 75% towards them, 25% for you after they get paid out first or 80-20 or whatever that looks like. Because yeah. here's what you want to do. You want to get at least one successful deal under your belt. That's proof of concept. That's going to give you confidence and that's going to give other people confidence in investing with you. Is that helpful, Eric? Absolutely. That's very good advice. 
uh, yeah, because the next thing is going to be that is going to be having building your track record. So yeah. uh, and then started somewhere. That's right. So at the beginning, yeah, be overly generous with your investor. Make sure it's you know it delivers uh, as uh, and you know under promise, over deliver, and yeah. then you know keep doing it. And then after that, you can always adjust it. Yeah, at the beginning, maybe you gave you know, 75% to the investors, but as you track record builds, then you can definitely go and, and do 50-50. And good good piece of advice there. Make sure that your investor understands that upfront, because here's what's going to happen. Once you do that first deal with that investor, mm -hmm. you get a good return. Guess where they're going to want to reinvest with you, right? But you have to have that conversation up front and say, hey, the first deal, 75-25. Uh, if you're happy with that, great, let's move ahead. But moving ahead, it's going to be 50, 50, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to have that yeah. conversation up front. Otherwise it's yeah. kind of a. Uh, yeah. Kind of say, uh, this is the list price. And then this is, I'm giving you a discount here. <laughs> oh yeah. But you're just per be perfect. Yeah. Like that's right. I hear so many people say, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I hate that advice. Right. Yeah. Cause here's the thing, <clears throat> especially when it comes to raising capital, we're in the trust business. They need to know yeah. you, like you and trust you with their money. As soon as they catch a whiff of BS coming from your direction, that mm -hmm. kills the trust forever yeah. and they're never going to invest with you. So do not, do not fake it till you make it. Be perfectly trans. You don't need to be perfectly yeah. transparent with people say, hey, you know, I'm just getting started. That's why I'm willing to give you the lion's share of the profits on this deal just to get one under my belt. Yeah, exactly. No, excellent advice. I really like it. So, um, so Dave, where can they get this uh, your book, Money Partner Formula, so they can read in all the details, kind of all the tricks. I mean, you you gave us a, a, a lot of information here, but there's way more information in the book, more details, yep. detailed strategies, and stuff like that. So, where can they get the book? Well, all things Money Partner Formula can be found at moneypartnerformula.com. Moneypartnerformula.com. There you can just, there's a, a tab where you can get the book. I'll trade it mm -hmm. to you for your name and your email address. Uh, send you a PDF copy of that. That'll get you into my world. Uh, we do one day virtual workshops. We spend eight solid hours going through this process step by step by step. We do those every month or two. Uh, you can find out about that at the website as well. If you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you can book a call there as well. It's all at moneypartnerformula.com. Oh, that's great. Dave, any, anything you want to add? Any uh, any last famous last words? Famous last words are, you know what? Just, let, just as we were mentioning earlier on, Eric, it's all about taking action, right? Just like you did way back when you're 18 years old, you did your first deal. You didn't really know what the heck you're doing, but you had some training, you had a mentor, you had somebody in your corner. You guys don't sit on the sidelines, get mm -hmm. involved. It's never too late. I've seen people get started in their seventies in real estate investing and make a great go of it. I've seen that kid started 15. So you're never too young or too old. Take yeah. some action. Yeah. And building, I want to reiterate too, that building that network is very important. They, they used to say, you know, the, uh, about education, you can't. You uh, education is so important and stuff like that. I would say that the business network and that network that of partners of money partners is more important than uh, than education. You don't need the PhD. You need to have solid partners to um, to launch your deals and help you facilitate many of the deals that you're you're planning to do in the future. I agree with you. 
Definitely. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you for your time and your knowledge and sharing all of that with us. And uh, again, so if you want to, you can go to Money Partner Formula and then get all that, read that book and participate with uh, with Dave into these, uh, these workshops and uh, start building your money partner network. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.